0: And the story of Moses who was supposed to speak to a rock and instead he hid it and disqualified himself from the promised, from the promised land. Uh, so we talked about that last week and I mentioned that uh, in that story, we find that story mentioned in the New Testament in the book Corinthians that we looked at. And I said that there were two stories that. We see, and the next story is in Numbers chapter 21, and it's also mentioned in the New Testament. The story that we're going to look at this morning mentioned in Numbers 21 is actually linked to the most important passage in all of the New Testament. So it becomes a very important story. Now, there's, a, there's kind of a side deal to this uh, that, I, that I think you can't miss, and here's the idea these stories happened thousands of years before the New Testament came, was written. They were all part of what God had planned. God understood it all the way back here that this story was going to play out, out there. And it's part of it. So, so one of the things that that helps me understand is that God is in control, folks. I think sometimes we forget that. And sometimes like, God, why didn't you do this? And how come you didn't handle it this way? And how come this played out? You have to remember, God's in control. And so God has a much bigger thing happening than you and I are aware of. And, and I think you see that here in this, in this story. So uh, this morning we're in Numbers chapter 21. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, we have Moses striking the rock deal. We have Israel going forward at the beginning of Numbers 21. And they come up against a king who uh, is, is destroying them in battle. And basically, Israel runs to God and says, help us, help us. And God says, OK. And he defeats the king. That's important to understand as we get to Numbers chapter 21 in the story that we're going to look at this morning. So let's, let's face it. Let's put it all in the big picture. Moses, we're thirsty. We want water. OK, God gives them water. God, we need your help. This king's defeating us. Okay, I'll take care of it. Now we come to Numbers chapter 21, and here's what it says. They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. You just had water. What are you talking about? There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. Now, what miserable food are they talking about? Manna. That God has provided for them every day. That they, all they had to do was go out and pick it up. But now it's detestable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. And the people came to Moses... And said, we have sinned, we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. And Moses said, you're getting what you deserved, I'm not doing diddly for you. That's what he should have said, that's what we would have said, right? I've had enough of this. I've been putting up with this for years, we're over. No, notice what it says. Moses prayed for the people. And then it goes on, and it said, The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake, put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake, he put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked on the bronze snake, they lived. And That's the end of the story. So what you have here is you have this story that basically, uh, again, Finally, God said, all right, I'm going I'm to punish you because you keep griping and complaining. I'm going to send a snake. The snakes are going to bite you. You're going to be poisoned, and then you're going to die very quickly. And then the people come to Moses, and they go, oop, we goofed. Please help us again. And Moses, in his graciousness and his love for the people, go back to God, and God says, okay, here's the deal. Moses, go get you a snake, put it on a stick. Tell the people that they look at it and they'll live. End of story. End of story. So this morning, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about snake, some, some, some snake principles. Okay. And then we're going to jump to the New Testament. We're going to see. So what I did is, and I'm, you know me, I'm a visual person. I like visual things. So um, I went to my five-year-old granddaughter, Claire, who loves snakes. And I said, Claire, can I borrow one of your snakes? Now every year when we go to uh, uh, South Dakota, uh, we go to reptile gardens, and she loves seeing the snakes. So, so I stopped by yesterday, and she said, "Do you want butter? Butter's the big yellow snake, um, or do you want rainbowa?" And rainbowa is so. I said, "I think rainbow is bigger." So I said, "I want rainbow as my snake." I said, "That's that's the, you, you didn't think I was going to bring a real snake up here, did you? Wow, no, even my wife would leave over that one. Uh, so, so, so I said, let me borrow Rainbow. So I, I'm going to let this illustrate it because it's going to make the point and it'll be so that you can remember it. So what Moses does is he takes a snake uh, and he actually makes a bronze one. So if you know anything about uh, smelting and stuff like that, uh, what, what you're going to have is uh, it's going to take some time to get a mold done and, and, and what you need to do. So he takes the snake um, and he basically puts it on a pole, probably something like this. Um, he's going to put it on a pole. He's going to stick it, he's going to stick it up. And when the people come to him and go, okay, Moses, um, tell us what to do. Moses says, you've been bitten, right? You're going to die, right? Okay, look at the snake you'll live." Not really complicated, is it? Pretty simplistic, isn't it? There are some tremendous principles in this story that play out for us when we get into the New Testament. So let me run through some that even though they're obvious, uh, you, you still need to say them. First of all, they had to realize that they had a problem. They had been bitten by a snake. And they had to realize that, you know what? I have a problem. I have been poisoned. And then the next thing is, they have to realize they couldn't fix themselves. They tried, I'm sure. Okay, let's go to the apothecary and get some stuff. And okay, by, you know, they still died. And, and, and so that, that didn't kind of work for them. And so they, they realized, okay, you know what? We can't save ourselves. We can't help ourselves. So let's go to, someone, let's go to Moses and ask Moses to intercede for us and to go before God and to come up with the with solution. So what Moses does is he goes to God, and God comes up with a very, very simple solution to the problem. Look and live. Now, let me take a couple rabbit trails, because I always love those. So here's the first one. Some of you, you're longtime students of the scriptures, okay? So let me give you, let me give you one, uh, one rabbit trail you can run down this week if you want. And that's the paradox of the story. The paradox of this story is this the thing that poisoned them is also the thing that's going to save them. The snake bit them to poison them, and it's also the thing that is going to save them. There's a paradox there. Okay? When we get to the scriptures, there's a paradox. When it, comes to the, when it comes to the Jewish world and Christianity, when in the Jewish world, if you touched blood, you were uncleaned. But yet, it was the shedding of blood that took care of your sin. There's that paradox. It's a fascinating study. Another interesting study is, you know, why a snake? Why a snake? And, and people, uh, some people go to this idea. Um, I don't know, you know what this is? What this is? They have a fancy name for it, but I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But uh, this is the symbol for a physician. Okay? Because often in the, in, the old, in the old world, snakes were associated with um, healing uh, in some of the, the gods um, of the ancient world. Uh, that's one reason people say that they think of snakes. And um, in, in throughout history, snakes have been associated with the idea of, of renewal or a new life. Uh, and, and the idea is that as they shed their skin, they have a new um, body, so to speak, and so that, that's always kind of been linked to it. Uh, I, I don't think it's any of those, personally. I think God just chose a snake. I think there's a, a, a little bit of a, uh, an, an, uh, how do I want to say this, a little bit of a um, oddity here, in that when sin came into the world, it was Satan disguised himself as a, snake and you see the snake here and then you're going to see the snake used in the new testament as a picture of the cross so i think there's this really cool thread weaving all the way through it that way Um, i don't think you can read too much into it Uh, i think it's part of the idea is that this is what god chose And God said, Moses, put a snake on a stick. If they look at the snake, they'll live. Now, here's what's amazing about this. It's not complicated. It's Incredibly simple. It's so simple that a five-year-old could do it, who had been bitten by a snake, or an 85-year-old could do it. It's so simple that a poor person could do it or a rich person could do it. Somebody who was all fancied up and somebody who could barely scrape by an existence. Anyone could do this. If they had been bitten by the snake, all they had to do was, I'm healed. That's it. They had to put their faith in an object. They had to put their faith in something. It wasn't just the idea of, of, oh, okay. And by the way, here's the other thing. There's only one way. It's not like, okay, I'm going to give you three options and you choose which one you want. No, 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 there was one. You either looked at the snake and you lived, or you refused to look at the snake and you died. It was that simple. Some basic snake principles from the story. Here's what's interesting. When we come to the New Testament, a guy by the name of Nicodemus, who was a religious ruler of the day, and apparently a very, very um, important one. He was so important that he wanted to talk to Jesus, but he didn't want anybody to see him talking to Jesus. So he comes to Jesus at night. And respectfully, when he comes to Jesus, he says, look, I know you're a great rabbi, I know you're a great teacher, I know you've got all this stuff, I've got a question for you. And Jesus, in, in John chapter 3, tells him, you, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus looks at him and goes, what do you, how do I do that? And Jesus kind of explains all of this to him. And so when we get to John chapter 3, I'm going to pick it up midway through the story, and, and Nicodemus looks at Jesus and says, how can this be, Nicodemus' dad? And Jesus looks at him and goes, look, you're a teacher in Israel. You're, you're one of the guys everybody's learning from, Nicodemus. And you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, we testify of what we've seen, but still you do not accept our testimony. He says, look, you need to understand, Nicodemus, you're teaching all of these people about all of this stuff. You've already come to me and said, I'm a wise teacher. You know that I'm from God. You've already said that. And yet, if you don't believe that, how are you going to believe other things that I tell you? How are you going to believe that? How do you believe that I speak of heavenly things? And then he goes on. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And that's a really important phrase there, the Son of Man in the book of John. Just as Moses lifted up the stake in the wilderness. What? What? What are you talking about? Nicodemus knew the story. Every Jew knew the story. As Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So now he takes the analogy and he goes, just like this snake was lifted up and people had to look into it and live, in the same way Jesus is going to go to cross that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then he goes on. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. He now takes this story in the Old Testament of a snake on a stick. Okay, that's it. It's a snake on a stick. And He said, in the same way... That's what Jesus is going to do. In the same way that the snake on his stick provided salvation if they just simply looked at it and trusted in it, in the same way the Son of Man, me, Jesus Christ, is going to go to the cross and I'm going to die on a cross and I'm going to be lifted up. And Nicodemus, in the same way, people are going to have to believe on me. The exact same analogy. And so you have this New Testament story, the verse that everyone knows, for God so loved the world, linked to this story. So let's go back to our snake principles. We talked about the idea that they have to realize that you can't save yourself. There's nothing you can do. You have to realize that you're going to have to go to someone else who can save you from your sin. It would be Jesus Christ. You have to realize that it is incredibly simple. This is what I hear people say all the time. I don't understand. I don't understand how it can be that so, so simple. Go back to the snake story. It was incredibly simple. Look, live. That's it. But, 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 but it's got to be more complicated. No, no, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Period. It's that simple. You see, that's the principle of the snake story. The whole idea here is that God made it incredibly simple for Israel so that everyone could do it who wanted to follow him. So when Christ goes to the cross and he dies on the cross, he takes care of all of the transactional stuff, all of the the paperwork stuff, all the stuff that needs to happen so that all you and I have to do is look and live. That's it. What's interesting about the snake story is that when they looked at the snake, when did they, when were they delivered? When? Immediately. It wasn't like, okay, come back three days later and we'll see. It's not like a COVID test, you know. Come back in 10 days and we'll tell you whether you had it or not. <sighs> Great. Um, you know, I mean, no, it was immediate, right out the bat. You knew right away, Instantly. When you had looked at the snake, the poison was taken care of. You were done. You were okay. You know what's incredible about salvation? It's immediate. It is immediate. So much so that a dying thief on the cross with his last words could put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ and spend eternity with God. It's immediate. Now, now, now here's my my pet peeve a little bit with Christians, because we have missed this boat for years. And that we have given people this idea that eternal life is about a life to come. So we've kind of sold this idea that, you know what, if you put your faith and trust in Christ, then when you die, you go to heaven. When you study the idea of of eternal life in Scripture, it's a life that happens here as well as a life to come. In other words, it allows me to live differently here as well as when I leave this world, I step into the presence of God. It's not like, okay, I put my faith and trust in Christ, I now have a a, a ticket to heaven, and I can cash it in when I die. It's not what it is. It's a, I'm going to give you life, abundant life, eternal life now, while you're here, and in the world to come. It's both. It it affects the way that we live here. Just like when those people looked and lived, guess what? They could now go about their daily life without having to worry about dying. Why? Because they were were healed. And in the same way, we can go about life differently. So let's put it together as far as trying to understand it and, 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 and apply it for us. Here's the thing. You and I were born sick. We were born as sinners. It is far more deadly than COVID. COVID will take your life. Sin will take your soul. You and I were born sinners. You go, oh, are you telling me, are you telling me that that these cute little babies are sinners? Yes. Because when you put them down and they cry and they tell you, you think they're telling you, You need to change me. They're lying. They just want to be held. It's instinctive. It's instinctive. So we're born that way. You know, you don't have, I don't have to teach my granddaughter to be selfish. All I got to do is put one of her toys in the middle of her and her brother. All I have to do. Human nature. Automatically we're born that way. We, we, We are born as sinners, that, that's, what, that's what Scripture says. And we can't fix that on our own. You can cl- try to clean yourself up. You can try to do everything you can. You cannot fix that on your own. When you come to that realization, then you realize that I need something other than me to fix this. And Jesus Christ steps into the picture. He said, "Here's the deal. I'll take care of your sin. I lived a sinless life here. I died on the cross. I have all of my righteousness that I didn't need and I will give to you and I will take your unrighteousness. I'll take your sin. I'll fix your sin sickness problem. All you got to do is come to me and ask. All you have to do is come to me and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior and as fast as I know how. I want you to forgive me my sin. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to come my life. Well, God, I want you. I want to look and live that's what I want and at that moment scripture teaches that God dwells in your life and immediately you become a child of God whosoever believes in him should not perish but has everlasting life you now have a way to live differently the sin problem is taken care of you go does that mean you'll never sin again no I mean, you're going to struggle with it now, but it's taken care of. The penalty of it, it's all taken care of. God took care of it for you. That's the beauty of it. It's instant. It happens right away. I had an interesting discussion this week with somebody who um, had COVID, um, both him and his wife. They were, um, it, it was bad. It was really bad. You know, he shared with me the idea. He said, you know, he said, we went to bed one night and he said, I literally thought, He's a Christian, so he wasn't afraid of dying. But he said, I literally thought my children could come to our house tomorrow and find both of us in bed dead. He said, that's how bad we were feeling. And he's better now, and his wife's better, and they're, they're still doing some of the residual things from it, but they're, they're, they're doing well with it. But it, what he said next was so interesting to me. He said, here's what's different now. Now that I've had it, and now that I've survived it, I live differently around it now. He said, because I know that based on science and stuff like that, he said, you know, I'm, I'm less susceptible to it now, because I've had it, and he said, so at least for a while here, I've got some kind of immunity towards it. And he said, so what I find myself doing is I'm a lot freer now in the way I live my life. As I go forward, because I don't worry, he said, first of all, I know that I've beat it once. Um. And he said, my wife doesn't feel that way. She wants to kind of hole up in a, in a corner. But he said, you know, she's just a little less hesitant, whereas I'm pretty bold about I'm okay to go everywhere. I'm okay to go now without a mask. I'm okay to go wherever I want to go. He said, I, I'm okay to be around it. He said, so I'm not as afraid of it as I used to be. Here's the thing. The interesting thing in talking to him was he said, I, I don't have the fear of it I used to have. I live differently because it was taken care of. When you become a believer, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you live differently. You live differently in, in a freer sense as well. You don't, you, you, first of all, you, you know, this is, this is something that bothers people. Some of you who are watching online, some of you who are, who are here this morning, you look at some of us as if we're flippant about this whole COVID death Fear, kind of thing. It, 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 listen, it's not flippant. This is serious. I have, I know people that have died from this. I know people have gotten very sick from this. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I don't, I'm not flippant about it. But here's the thing: whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's a car accident, whether um, it's it's a heart attack, whether it's a whatever. I know when my last breath is here, I step into eternity with my God. It's a win. It's a win. I know that when my day comes, and I have a day appointed, and it could be today, and it could be 20 years from now. When that day comes, I get to leave here and go be with my Heavenly Father. I have eternal life. It's not a, oh, I hope I get into heaven. Oh, I hope. No, no, no. I know my sin was taken care of with Jesus at the cross. I know that the Holy Spirit indwells my life. I know that when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, looked and lived, that I get to live differently now. And it shapes and molds everything you do. And, and, and the thing that I want you to understand, so when you look at Christians, you're going, you know, well, you guys are just so flippant about this whole life and death thing. It's not flippant. It's like last night. How many of you went to bed last night scared to death that you would not wake up in the morning? No, you put your head in a pillow, most of you last night went, oh, I am so glad I get to get a, get a good night's sleep, hopefully. And you closed your eyes with every intent of waking up this morning. When the Bible talks about death for a Christian, the analogy that it uses is sleep. I close my eyes here, I wake up there. That's the analogy. I didn't go to bed last night going, oh, what if I don't wake up, 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 what if I don't, I went to bed going, oh, I'm so glad to get to bed tonight. And I woke up this morning and I went through the day and I didn't fear sleep last night. As a Christian, I don't fear death. It's not something I worry about. It's not something I'm all scared about. It's not something that I'm so, why? Sin's taken care of. Faith and trust in Christ. Leaving this world's okay. Am I going to miss my family? Yeah, I'll miss my family. But fortunately for me, many of my family are Christians And they put their faith and trust in Christ. So for me, it's never a goodbye. It's just simply a good night. I'll see you in the morning. It's just till we meet again. For the people in this church that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that we have stood at their graveside, and many of them I have done their funeral, it's just till we meet again. It's just till we meet again. We have that hope, we have that assurance. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you don't have that, if you're making this thing far more complicated than it is of all these hoops that you have to jump through or all these things, ways that you think you have to look, live. That's simple. It's got to be more complicated than that. Snake on a stick. Israel could try to make it more complicated. What did God say? Put a serpent on a stick, Moses. Have them look at it. They'll be okay. What about, so you're saying that all heaven is, is putting your faith and trust in Christ, and, 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 and that's it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more than that. It's like, you know, you know it's like when you get married. You know, <laughs> you get married, and you're like, oh, well, that was pretty quick. That was a short service. Yeah, and you have it all mastered now, Right? you got married. No, no, no. There's this whole journey that comes with it. You know, of highs and lows and ups and downs and crazy and insane and, and, and all of it that comes with it. That's same with Christian life. I'm going to live. put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It started on a journey. And all the highs and lows and crazy and everything else that comes with it. But the journey that I could not imagine not being on. And trust me, When you're in my job and you see people go through things, hard things, up close and personal, you see the difference between people who have looked and lived and people who do not have that hope. And if you're here this morning, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I beg you. You say, well, well, you don't understand all the things that I've done to God just like Moses, was patient and understanding and loving and went to God on behalf of the people in spite of all the things that people had done to Moses, God is far more loving and far more gracious and far more kind than Moses ever was. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life from that point on. So I end this morning with this. Look and live. The message to Israel thousands of years ago is the same message Jesus offers to everyone today. Don't make it more complicated than Jesus did. Make sure that you've placed your faith and trust in Him alone. For those of you that have, live like you have a different destiny and a different purpose in life. Point others to the cross with the way you live your life each day. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, sometimes we forget just how simple it really is. Sometimes, Lord, we make things so complicated. But Lord, you used this story thousands of years ago to teach Israel a very important principle. And Lord, when you're Here speaking Nicodemus You use this story To illustrate one of the most important Verses in all of the New Testament so Lord this morning May each Of us know for sure That we put our faith and trust In Christ and Lord if we haven't There are people here listening that Haven't then Lord would you let This be the day That they bow their head in their heart and they put their Faith and trust in you alone For those of us that have May the world see us differently as we live our lives this week. These things we ask in your name.